This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, and we're delighted, no doubt, to have many watching today for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in. Now, we want you to continue to watch today as we discuss this Bible subject. There will be some changes made. And there are going to be a lot of changes made in our lives. We want you to stay tuned as we talk about some of the very significant ones. Now, we continue to offer on Know Your Bible the free Bible correspondence course for the benefit of those of you who may be watching today for the very first time we want to let you have the opportunity to learn more about the free Bible course, and then you can also learn how to receive it in your home. We want to pause now for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We are living in a rapidly changing world. Places change. Maybe the place where you once lived out on the farm it is now a suburban neighborhood. Places have a way of changing. People change. Customs change. There have been so many changes in our methods of travel over the last number of years. We've gone from walking to horseback to riding in wagons, to riding in automobiles, airplanes. Why, well, you can get an airplane and you can be on the other side of the world in just a few hours. Think about all the changes that have been made in the area of communication. It is instant communication. Well, you can just pick up your telephone. You can text someone in another part of the world and almost instantly they will receive that message from you. So we live in a rapidly changing world. But we want to talk today not about those kinds of changes. We want to talk about spiritual changes. And the first change that I want to refer to 
is a change that involves the new birth. And that takes us to the third chapter of the Gospel of John. But before we look at that passage of Scripture in John chapter 3, I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, we become a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in order that we might become a new creature, there must be a new birth. In John chapter 3, we, we have these words written beginning in the first verse. That there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by, by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. In this reading we find first of all the man, and that was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. And Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And the second thing that we want to observe in this reading after we talk about, think about the man, there were the miracles. In verse 2, Nicodemus said, Why, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these signs, that is, these miracles that you're doing, unless God is with him. But then there was the message Jesus delivered to him. Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. But there was the misunderstanding. Nicodemus asked, how, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? You see, he absolutely misunderstood what Jesus was trying to say. Jesus was not talking about a fleshly birth, but rather Jesus was talking about a spiritual birth. And then Jesus explained the method. In verse 5, 
unless a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So a man must be born of water and of the Spirit. He must be born again. Then I want you to look at the mandate in verse number 7. Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesus did not say, this is a suggestion that I'm going to make to you, Nicodemus, that you be born again. He did not say, Nicodemus, this is a good idea that I want you to think about. Jesus did not say, now Nicodemus, this is my opinion of what you should do. But rather, Jesus said, you must be born again. And in order for one to be born again, in verse 5, Jesus said you must be born of water and of the Spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 23, Peter used similar language, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. It is through the word of God, that spirit-inspired word, that men learn what they must do in order to be saved. And we are to be baptized into Christ that we might be born again. To enter the family of God, you must be born into that family. In Galatians, the third chapter, verses 26 and 27, there is a divine commentary on John chapter 3, verse 5. Now, verse 26 reads like this. For you all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, you are in the family of God by having faith in Christ, faith in Christ Jesus. But how does one get into Christ? Verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. So the new birth is not something that's mysterious, that the new birth is not something that is a miracle that happens in our lives. It is the process of our obeying God, or if you please, obeying the gospel. Paul in Romans 1 and 16 said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word gospel simply means good news. And when we obey the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are in the family of God. We have been born again by believing in Christ, repenting of our sins, being baptized into Jesus as a confessing believer in Him. And then we are in the family of God. Now once that happens, there are changes that are to take place. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we become new creatures in Jesus Christ. The old is gone, and we put on the new. 
In the third chapter of Colossians, Paul talks about that change that takes place. Listen to verse number 5. Therefore put to death your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But you, now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or, nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If any has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. In Colossians chapter 3, he talks about that change that takes place when we have been born again. And we put off the old man with his deeds. We put off such things as fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, filthy language. We put away lying. And then as we take off those old things and lay them aside, we put on the new man. And we put on such things as tender mercies. We put on kindness. We put on humility. We put on meekness. We put on long-suffering. We put on forbearance. We put on forgiveness. And above all of those things, we put on love. And unless that change has taken place, there's a question about the validity of our having been born again or our conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's a change that takes place when we are born again. But also there is a change as we grow as Christians. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says that we should grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is such a joy to see those that we have had the opportunity to teach the gospel, to grow and to develop as Christians. That there isn't anything that, that, that can compare with that kind of a joy. And we are to grow in the grace, and we are to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's quite a disappointment when you see people that you have taught the gospel 
and see that they do not make that kind of progress or that kind of growth. Well, what are some of the things that will help us to, to have that change? That is a change of growth in grace. Well, one thing is that we need to learn to be faithful to the Lord. We need to be faithful. Jesus said, be faithful unto death, Revelation 2.10. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, Paul says, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, well done, good, and faithful servant. So we are to be faithful. Another thing that will aid us in growing as a Christian is the reading of the Bible. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, Peter said, as newborn babes, that is someone who's just undergone this spiritual birth, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So that which will help me to grow as a Christian, once I have experienced the new birth, once I have been born into the family of God, is a reading and a studying and a meditating upon His divine will. And we need to study it to grow. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we need every word in the Bible that it might help us to grow and to mature as a Christian. So faithfulness, being faithful to the Lord, never turning back, and reading and studying the Bible every day. Another thing that will help us to grow as a Christian it is to be active in our service to Him. You see, the more spiritual exercise we get, the stronger our faith will be. We need to exercise the faith that we have. And as we exercise it, as we become involved in trying to do all the good that we can in the name of Christ, it will help us to grow in grace as well as in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a change that takes place, a change that takes place when we're born again, a change that takes place as we grow and as we develop as a child of God. But let me mention yet another change that, that takes place, and that's a change that happens when we pray, it is inconceivable to me that, that a person does not pray. Now, I'm aware of the fact there are many people that do not pray. But, but when you think about the result of prayer and what comes from prayer, it's just hard for me to, to understand why a person would not want to pray. Well, someone says, well, what changes happen when we pray. Well, let me tell you what happened when Jesus prayed. In Luke the ninth chapter and verse 29, the Bible says, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. Well, there was even a change in his physical appearance as Jesus prayed. Well, someone says, well, what was it? I, you ask Jesus if you ever have that opportunity. 
All I'm telling you is there was a change that took place. And there are changes that take place today when we pray. I'm sure you've heard the expression that prayer changes things. I believe that with all of my heart, that prayer changes things. That's the reason that uh, Paul wrote Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Because Paul knew prayer changes things. Well, you say, well, what change can we expect? Well, verse 7 says, And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There have been in my life as a Christian and especially as a preacher times when there were situations that arose that I just didn't know quite how to handle them. I wasn't sure what I should do. I wasn't sure what decision that I ought to make. But then I took it to God in prayer. And after pouring out my heart, my petition to God, then it was not very long until the answer was so apparent. And then rather than my fretting about it, I had a peace of mind about that which was, had been troubling me. I am convinced that there are blessings. I, I am convinced beyond doubt that there are blessings that God will confer upon us in no way unless we ask for them. In Matthew 7 and verse 7, Jesus said, Ask. Well, what happens when you ask? Jesus said, You'll receive. James 4 and 2 says, You have not because you have not asked. We need to be giving ourselves to prayer because prayer does change things. But friends, it not only changes things, prayer changes people. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, the Bible says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. But here were people that came together for that purpose of praying, and, and, they, and the place where they, was, they were praying was shaken. The whole world needs shaking today. And we need people today to get on their knees and be praying for our world, praying for world peace. We need to be praying that something will be done to help people that are hungry throughout the world. We need to be praying today that, for, that, that something will be done to correct so many of the social ills that we have in America. And we need to be asking God for help. And guess what? When you pray, things begin to happen. When you start asking God, He opens up the windows of heaven and He's going to bless us beyond measure. Yeah, there's a passage I want to make mention of in the book of Psalms, uh, uh, chapter 109 and verse 4. And there the psalmist said, I gave myself to prayer. We need to be a people who have given ourselves to prayer. Sometimes we, we worry about so many things. 
We, we talk about difficulties in life. And I find it so odd, I find it so strange that we do not talk to the one about that difficulty who can make a difference. And that's our Father. We need to be people of prayer. I've been attending the Church of Christ all of my life. Since I was born, I suppose. And the churches of Christ have always been known as a people who believed the Bible, studied the Bible, and many of our preachers knew the Bible so well by heart that that you'd say there were walking Bibles. And I, I wish that I could be said of all of us today, maybe it still is, but I wish that we could be known as a people of prayer. Now, I'm not saying we don't pray in the church of Christ. We do. But I wish we were such a praying people that when people hear the name, they would say That's, those are some of the most praying people that I know. We need to be given to prayer. Why? Because of what happens when you pray. It changes things and it changes people. You will never be the same if you begin to give yourself to the habit of prayer. But then let me talk about a change that's going to take place when Jesus comes back. Let me go back to the text that I read in the very beginning. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Well, how long is it going to take for that change to take place? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and this, and we shall be changed. Yes, there's going to be a change when Jesus comes back. I don't know when he's coming. It is, it is very futile for us to speculate about that coming. But I know that when he comes, there's going to be a change that takes place. Yes, there will be some changes made. Changes of the new birth, changes as we grow as Christians, changes in prayer. And we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye when our Lord comes again someday. May I urge you to become a Christian. Believe on Jesus and repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Him. Be baptized into Him today. Experience that birth we talked about earlier. And I want to thank you for watching today. May I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you are thinking about being baptized for the remission of your sins, they will assist you. I want to thank you for watching and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.